Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Mully and Haw. Live and local. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Definitely won that game. Bulls. <laughs> I was listening to the song in the background. Vooch uh, right there. Chuck Swirsky with the call. Don't forget, if you're looking for the Bulls game later on this evening at 545, uh, pregame was supposed to begin here on 670, the score. Now you can catch the game on the Odyssey app. Why? Uh, because the Bills, uh, Bills game uh, will be played here on 670 at 3 p.m. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. Uh, but Bulls. You know, last two games, uh, got a victory against the Spurs, uh, fell to Golden State on Friday. Bulls currently three games under five hundred, And we get to chat a little bit about where they're at um, the last couple of games and where they're headed with our next guest. Uh, joining us on the score hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Former world champion, Will Purdue, joining the show. Will, good to talk to you again. Gentlemen, good morning. It's a uh, lovely day outside. Uh, well, here's the thing, Will. Twelve hours ago, yeah, twelve hours ago, or maybe thirteen at this time, I was in Puerto Rico. I've been in Puerto Rico for the last week, and then I saw this is what I came home to. I couldn't even breathe last night, Will. That's how bad it was when I got off the plane. So yeah, thank you for uh, you know welcoming me back home with this wonderful weather. Um, but the Bulls themselves find themselves in an interesting situation. You know, coming off the win against San Antonio. You know, Victor Wem- no Victor Wembanyama. Um, but, but the Bulls, Will, I know, you know, you and I have had some really interesting conversations about this team. And I first want you to talk to me about this squad since the return of Zach Levine and how he's, he's fit into what some were calling, you know, a better Bulls squad with, with his absence. Well, I think, you know, first of all, I think that's a, that's a flawed statement, okay? At the end of the day, did they actually play better for a short period of time? Yes, they did. But what that also proves is, is that when you challenge guys, but at the same time challenge guys and guys know that there's something to, to gather, something to get from that challenge. And for a lot of these guys, when Zach is out, what does that mean? More shots for me. And when there's more shots, the old carrot at the end of the stick, right? meaning that, hey, I'll have an, op- an opportunity during the time frame that Zach is gone that I normally won't have 
because of the pecking order and who the shots go to. So that provides a little more motivation. Those guys took advantage of it, most notably Kobe White. And, you know, also some other guys. You know, P. Will occasionally stepped up, had a big game. Io, you know, Javon Carter, who when Zach came back, picked up two straight, you know, DNP CDs. So it was an interesting dynamic. But I think we what we really need to focus on now is, is how well Zach has played since he's been back. And quite honestly, guys, I think in order to fit in, Zach has made the ultimate sacrifice. And to me, that is passing up shots. There's a lot of shots over these last four games that Zach could have taken that he didn't. And probably the biggest thing is, is when you look at his numbers is how he's averaging seven assists over the last three, six rebounds over the last three. And quite honestly, his defense has gotten better because I think he noticed why he was out how important his defense would be to this team because I think he also realized, hey, these guys react to how I play. And if I take plays off, they take plays off. If I don't give 100% on defense, they don't give 100% on defense. So I think he did a nice job and learned a lot during that time frame when he was out. You bring up a great point there about, you know, guys stepping up, you know, in the the absence of, you know, whoever is the incoming starter right there. And, like, for you, let's take the 91 season with the Bulls where you were behind a guy like – you know, Bill Carway, what is that like? You know, if he's missing a game or two, what's that mindset like where you come in and then you're inserted into that starting lineup? Well, it's a tough it's a tough line to walk because at the same time, it's not like, hey, I'm inserted into the lineup. I'm just going to start shooting it every time I touch it because they're going to take me out of the game pretty quickly. <laughs> right. But it's a situation where you take advantage of opportunity. Okay, obviously, when we ran – you know, the triple post, the triangle, whatever you want to call it. I know most people refer to it as the triangle. You kind of run the, run the offense through the post. So it was still the responsibility, you know, to run the offense the right way. But at the same time, I knew if I ran the floor, I was going to get touches. I also knew that, you know, much like Phil Jackson used to tell Horace Grant, if you want more touches, go get an offensive rebound. It just gave me the opportunity to do more, but to do it within the offense, because that's the hard part. You know, if you try to step up and say, all right, now's my time to shine. Watch me. I'm going to show these guys. You can actually create more harm for yourself individually than you can good. So that's the hard part. But it's just it requires a lot of time off the floor watching film. And that's what practice does for you. And that's the hard part for these guys as well because they just don't practice a lot. So you don't get those repetitions. Now, the competition, we won't call it stellar. What they face since Zach Levine has returned will – um, but they are four and one. You mentioned Zach Levine; his numbers have uh, skewed differently. I mean, against the Spurs, he plays, you know, <clears throat> thirty-five minutes, th- almost thirty-six minutes, and takes eight shots. But he has seven assists, six rebounds. I- I- I'm wondering: is this him showcasing himself for other teams, or is this mm. a genuine effort mm. to try to fit in with these Bulls and be here for the long haul? Because it doesn't seem like the trade market has developed, is developing, and we are. Uh, uh, less than a month out, right, from the trade deadline? Yeah, so, you know, Marshall, the interesting thing is, and I think what people forget sometimes is, is that when the toughest games to win in this league are the games you're supposed to win, especially for a team like the Bulls, because not a lot of times they're favored, right? Right. But they were favored against Houston, Charlotte both times, the Spurs, you know. It was kind of an interesting dynamic against – you know, Golden State, how well they played in the second quarter. And we all know what happened at halftime. And I think that that kind of, you know, 
sucked the energy, quite honestly, out of the building, and it affected how that team played in the third quarter. But to your question in regards to Zach, you know, it's at the end of the day, it it really doesn't matter. Is this the true Zach Levine or is this Zach showcasing himself, you know, for other teams? Regardless, we're actually getting the best version of Zach at the moment. Now, time will tell what this is about, because if we get past the trade deadline and Zach starts to play a different way, well, then he's answered the question. But if he continues to play the same way after the trade deadline in February, then we know this is the true, true Zach. This is, you know, who he is and this is what he stands for. I honestly feel like guys that at this moment, considering how things have changed for the team and the direction that they're going, as far as the style they play, how they're playing, Zach pretty much wishes maybe he didn't make that comment. It might have been a little premature because of his frustration at the time with this team being 5-12. and 12. But I'm also going to be honest and say I think his agent has a lot to do with this, and that's you know unfortunate for Zach because now he's taking a lot of heat because of what his agent is trying to do. We're talking to Will Purdue here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez and Marshall Harris filling in for Mully and Hall today. What do you uh, what do you make of Patrick Williams going back to the the, the bench and and just do you feel like it did some does something to his confidence or you feel like he understands his role on this team? Talk, talk to me because a lot of people were you know high on Pat Will and what he was doing, uh, you know just seeming as though he t- turned a corner, seemed a bit more aggressive, shooting that mid range a little bit more, you know. But then you go back to the bench, like what what, what do you think about that whole dynamic there? Well, he's he's kind of in a difficult situation, you know. Listen. I'm going to be very clear about this. Uh, Patrick Williams, the person, is as genuine and nice, and his parents have done an excellent job of raising him as a as a boy now transferring into a man. I hope that my son picks up a lot of his qualities as far as like when you first meet him and how he presents himself and how he talks to you and how he does the right thing, immediately sticks his hand out, gives you a firm handshake, makes eye contact, yes, sir, no, sir. But the one thing we do know about Patrick Williams, the player, is he's inconsistent. He's passive at times. And I think the hard part is he's struggling to find out. We all know what he can do. We've seen it. The 20-point game here. The 22-point game there. You know, we know he has the talent. We know he has the skill set. What we're talking about, and this is, I'll, I'll use this phrase from Billy, is can he sustainably do this every single night? Can he consistently put forth the effort every single night? And I think that's the hard part that he's struggling with. Sometimes he's in the starting lineup, and when he's, not in the, when he's in the starting lineup, he knows he's not going to get up some touches. So he can't let that affect how he plays. He can't let that affect his aggression on the defensive end of the floor. You know, I'm constantly talking about on our show, as is Kendall, you know, he needs to rebound more. He needs to put forth a better effort. You know, as far as just going to the glass, put yourself in a position to maybe to pick up a stray, uh, stray rebound now and then. So when we look at the stats, we don't see 10 points, but yet only three rebounds, you know, one assist, you know, in 28, 29 minutes. He's got the body type. I just think that and I, I keep talking about, you know, somebody needs to be feeding this guy nails for every meal. Somebody needs to make sure that he understands his next meal depends on how he plays this game. And a perfect example would be this team playing the Cleveland Cavaliers as talented as they are. 
they've struggled as well, but they need him to have a huge game because he's the guy that could be the X factor on a nightly, but you know, there's a bunch of guys on the team that could be X factors, but I truly believe he's the guy that can make the, the, the most difference when he truly inserts himself, whether it's a starter, whether it's coming off the bench, it's just, we're, we're sitting here scratching our head going, okay, who's the real Patrick Williams? Is it the guy that's going to give us seven to nine points a game and a few rebounds? Or is it the guy that's going to give us 18 or more points a game that could that has the ability to give us six to eight rebounds a game? And we're still trying to figure that out. <clears throat> and that's the, the scary part is, is because this guy needs a new contract. And the Bulls have to decide, do we sign him? Do we let him go? Do we trade him? What do we do with him? Well, it's interesting that you say, you know, he needs to act like every game, <laughs> his meal depends on how he plays. Like, he's, he's got to eat because that's ultimately what this is, is in a contract year. I think it's interesting that he's shown flashes, but that's been kind of the story of his whole career. Uh, the consistency and, I guess, him finding comfort in a specific role is something that's needed, and I completely agree with you on the rebounding. Like I, It's crazy to me he can play, like, 27 minutes in a game and not get a rebound. I mean, that it's, it's just wild to me, Will. I, we are at the legit halfway point of the season, 41 games in, 41 games to go. They're 19-22. and 22. They've won four of their last five. They're 14 and eight since Zach Levine first went down with the uh, foot injury. I need to know what you think, and we talked about this a little earlier, about their ceiling as a team as it's constructed now, assuming Zach doesn't get traded, or maybe even if he does. Do you feel like this team, which is currently in play in position, can find a way to the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference? That's, listen, that's best case scenario. Okay. I think that we all will say, you know, Archuris and Mark Eversley basically preached about continuity, the ability to this team to play games together and, you know, what they did after the all-star break and, you know, however you want to look at it. But I think we'll all agree that the way this team is constructed now, they, their ceiling, in my opinion, is to, to be specific with my answer to your question is, you know, let's best case scenario would be six seed. Okay. They're playing a Cleveland team tonight. That's the fourth seed that's, that's struggled with chemistry. Quite honestly, they, you know, there's whispers of, you know, trades, but they're, they've also had some significant injuries as well. So tonight's a great test, but I think we can all agree that, you know, maybe you guys can come up with a better word, but this team is flawed. And I say flawed, when you compare it to Milwaukee, when you compare it to Boston, when you know you compare it to Philadelphia, I, I understand they've beaten them twice this year in the regular season. But at the end of the day, you know this team, and I say this every time I'm on the air on TV, with, when I'm on the air, depending on who I'm on with on 670, this team to me should have aspirations to do better than just compete in the playoffs. They should be a team that their aspiration is every year to be a contender. You know, I think right now you're starting to see teams in the East get better to where at the present moment, the Bulls are the same. The Indiana Pacers have definitely gotten better. We obviously know what the, the culture is for the Miami Heat, but look at the Milwaukee Bucks, okay? Before they even made the Damian Lillard trade, they were a contender, but yet they felt like that wasn't good enough. We want to put ourselves in a position to be a legitimate contender. So we're going to go out and we're going to make a blockbuster trade and we're going to bring in Damian Lillard. We don't know if this works or not because they too, they're, I think they're at 38, 39 games. 
they're trying to figure out how do you play Giannis and Dame together and how does that work? It's obviously had a significant impact for the worse on their defense, but now they've basically taken the attitude, we're going to try to outscore you. But they did something. They made moves. This team's got to make moves. They've got to be thinking about the future. They've got to think about how do we get out of being just a playoff team to actually being a contender. And that's sitting on the plate of Arturis and Mark Eversley. And we all want to see, is something, when is something going to happen? How are they going to do it? Trade deadline's right around the corner. You know, Will, a lot of people, especially right now, are talking about, you know, speaking of, G- of GMs and people that are running teams, you know, about Ryan Poles and how people have faith in him or not to, you know, do what is right moving forward with the Bears organization. And I, my question to you is, you know, seeing what AK has done, not only, you know, his first go round by putting together, you know, DeMar and Vooch with Zach and such and Lonzo, but 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 since then, how, how confident are you that, that AK, you know, can be the guide to take the Bulls and, and make that, 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 that conscious effort to put them into the upper echelon of the NBA? It's, it's kind of TBD, um, you know, because we, have, we haven't really – listen, <clears throat> I'm going to be very clear, when, and let's talk about timing, okay? I want to say that Arturis and Eversley did the right thing when they brought in Vooch, okay? I, I truly believe that. Now, I also think that they don't necessarily use Vooch correctly or the best way on the offense, I think that Vooch could be really effective like Jokic is in Denver by running the offense through him on the high post because, A, he makes good decisions with the basketball. B, he's a willing passer. And a lot of people think when you say, hey, we got to use Vooch, Vooch needs more touches. We're not talking about down in the post all the time. Let's just slow it down and run a version of the triangle. Still got to play upbeat. But there's better ways to use him in the offense, and I think we've seen that periodically. But again, you go back to Billy, is it sustainable? Can we be consistent? You know, again, again, they signed Jack to the big contract. At the time, because they elected to keep him, they had to do that. Because it's not just about the contract. It's about the message you're sending to every single free agent, every single player in the league. We as an organization take care of our players. Come to Chicago. The question is, will that work? Can they get free agents to come here because of the messages they're sending? Now they've backed themselves into a corner and they have to make some changes. Things have to be different. Okay. We don't know truly when you may go to make a blockbuster trade or make something positive happen. They've made positive things happen in the past, but you know, you can talk about the, the, the Carter signing. I think that was a good move in the right direction. Quite honestly, Tory Craig, you could say the bulls have the best second unit in the NBA, the set best second but it hasn't necessarily changed the starting five to have that huge impact to make that big difference. And that's what we're hoping and praying they can do because we've seen some, you know, some things that they, you know, our church did in Denver, but now can he actually do that in Chicago? I, I just, you bring up great questions that we've really been asking the last two years. <laughs> like when they said they're going to run it back this past summer, I was like, I don't think that's the move. And obviously the, with the way things started with that five and 14 start, it further proved a lot of people's hypothetical that it was not the move. Um, so I'm interested to see where it all goes. Uh, I want to revisit Friday with you because I was there for the Ring of Honor ceremony. Well, what did you, what was your reaction to what happened? I, I thought it was avoidable on the Bulls' end because I thought if they had just shown Thelma there in place of the late Jerry Krause, there wouldn't have been booze. 
but the way it unfolded to me was predictable because all I've ever known is that reaction because unfortunately Bulls fans see him as the man who broke up the Bulls as opposed to the man who put it all together. Yeah, that's that's the you know there's so many questions now. I think they could have deflected a lot of this by showing her first before they even announced his name. Exactly. You know, it was um the original owner of the Bulls, his grandson was there. I forget Dick's last name. You know, Johnny uh, Red Kerr's son was there. Um, you know, but here's here's the issue. You got it. Let's go back to the twentieth reunion in two thousand eleven of the ninety one Bulls. Mm-hmm. Remember, Jerry Krause was alive, and they brought him onto the floor. And they, you know, remember we did the little announcements, and the players walked on, and you waved to the fans. They booed the hell out of him back then. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately. This was, and that was before the last dance. Yeah. Now, what the last dance did was throw gasoline on the fire. So, you know, I just, I, initially I was stunned, but then I got mad at myself because I was like, why are you surprised? Exactly. Because unfortunately, they've always booed Jerry Krause, always. And, and it's, it's really unfortunate. But the thing that aggravated me, we did our show from a suite. And, we're all standing there and we're watching halftime and it's going really well. And, you know, the fans, I don't know. I I don't know what they were thinking, but the thing that that bothered me the most, I understand that some of the ones that have booed because they've always booed them because they're huge Michael Jordan fans. And they just, they believe and they won't believe anything else that Jerry was the sole reason for the bulls, not being able to come back and protect, you know, and try to win that seventh championship. But that's not what it was about. But when I looked around and I saw people that weren't even alive right. in the nineties booing. And I was like, that's a learned behavior. Where did they learn this from their parents, mm. other people? So they knew no better, but they jumped on the bandwagon. And I think even if they would have shown Thelma first and mentioned Jerry second, that there still would have been some booze, but nothing like there was. I think what people need to realize is a couple things. Jerry was not the only person to blame there. There were a lot of people to point the fingers at, not just Jerry Krause. Because I can promise you, even if they would have tried to bring that team back, it wouldn't have happened. Because what was it, eight, nine, ten of those guys were free agents? Right. People got to get I paid. Know people are like, who cares? Bring them all back. Okay. <laughs> Let me ask you. You own a business. And you know that there's a ceiling on how much profit you can make. But yet... I'm telling you to invest $3 million in your company, but you're only going to make a million dollars profit. So you're going to lose $2 million next year. So let's magnify that by a hundred with the bulls. What position, what situation do you think you're going to make fine, sir? When I tell you this about your company, (laughs) just because you've made profit the first 20 years, you're going to take a $2 million loss just for the betterment of the company because it looks good. I doubt it. So don't sit here and think that the Bulls and the organization and the Reinsdorfs are going to do the same thing. That's not how, that's not how business works. I always tell people, if you think, and there's one team, the Golden State Warriors, it's an anomaly because of the Chase Center. But let me ask you this question, guys. Why did Mark Cuban, a man worth billions, the moment he won a championship for that organization, have a fire sale? <laughs> Because if you lose money when you win championships, 
because of what you have to do in order to win a championship. So it's very difficult to convince organizations. The Yankees are an anomaly. The Mets, I don't know what the hell they're doing. (laughs) They're spending money. (laughs) Yes, but at the end of the day, it doesn't guarantee you're going to win. And I can argue the fact I was on that 99 Spurs team, that older Bulls team with who knows, yeah, Michael, Scotty. But let's be honest, Scotty wasn't going to take a pay cut. Scotty was going to get paid, and he didn't care where that was. You know, the one guy that they would have brought back would have been Michael. And Michael and Jerry Reinsdorf rewarded Michael those previous years. of, I mean, his salary was more than half of the salary cap. So it wasn't like he wasn't rewarding somebody. It's just the math didn't add up. The free agency didn't add up. The situation didn't add up. And these stories about Jerry Krause was in his office rubbing his hands together like the mad scientist going, <laughs> I'm going to bring a team in it's going to where I don't need. It's all baloney. People have taken this story and they've run with it. I'll give you a quick example. I know we're running, running long. You're good. The story that Patrick Williams wants $200 million. He that's, never that's said wild. that. That's wild. That's wild. A story was written saying and assuming that he wanted $200 million, and people ran with it. He never, his agent never, I talked to his agent directly. That, that number was never said by Patrick Williams, his, his friends, his family, his agent, nobody. That was in a story. People saw it. People have run with it. And now Patrick is a marked man by Chicago fans because they think he wants $200 million. Yeah, if the Bulls offer $200 million, he's going to take it. But they're not going to offer it, and that's not what he expects. But that's just how people want to run with information. You guys are in the business, right? Yeah. It's not, it doesn't matter if it's right. I just want to be first. I can retract it later. But if I'm the first one and people pay attention to me, I've gained what I wanted to do, popularity. But also, as Jason Goff spoke about, what does, what does you know a crowd – provide anonymity so when they mention kraus i can boo and nobody will know it was me yeah and it was an unfortunate moment but well i appreciate you uh you know giving us all that information a little bit of history a little bit of everything just brilliant stuff as always i look forward to talking to you again soon hey i appreciate you marshall and gabe i appreciate you guys stepping in on a day off (laughs) (laughs) i understand the significance of today i'm not talking about that but i understand it's a holiday exactly but I love the guys that the grit and the grind, the guys that step in when others take the night off or the day off or the morning off. And you guys froze your cojones off to get up at four in the morning <laughs> to get in there by five thirty. And little old Gabe, you know, his blood is thin, so he was probably whining like a little you know what. I was on his way into work. I was shivering. He was not ready. He was not ready. He thought he was ready, but he was not ready, Will. <laughs> Will have a good one, man. I appreciate that. Enjoy your day off, all right? Oh, no, you're working uh, later. Yeah, what are you later. talking about? Like, oh, man, no these off for this guy. I like it. We'll talk to you soon, man. All uh, right, guys, I appreciate it. Enjoy it. Thank you. Appreciate you, Will. Will I, Purdue. I just want to say one thing, like, because I remember being in Alabama, like, when he got that $33 million contract, yeah. the one-year deal with Jordan did. Yeah. They get paid $33 million two years back-to-back. Yeah. Back. Yeah. He got a, a 10 times raise. Like, he was making 3.8 right. the year before. So like he's right, and then Scotty left, and he was making two point seven million dollars, and then he was making eleven million with the different Rockets. time back then. I, I, that's why I gave you the three point eight. Right, like right, right. he was like the highest paid guy. And-
That's yeah. crazy. Crazy times. He's right man. about it. He, everything Will said is absolute. That's why I said it was brilliant. Like what we were doing, we just listened to for the last 27 minutes was brilliant. That's why I was like, yo, just go run us through the break, Will. Love it. All right. Uh, on the other side, we'll change gears. Uh, talk about a little bit of playoff football, who we think are going to win the two games today. And then circle back on the Chicago Bears and give some final thoughts before we get out of here and do some transition with Bernstein and Rahimi. Uh, we'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris, CBS2 Sports Director, filling in for Mully and Hall, or as Will Purdue says, doing the grunt work. On MLK Day. See you guys next, 670 to score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Mornings with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez and Marshall Harris, sports director for CBS2, filling in today for Mully and Haw. It's you been know, a pleasure. It, it always is. An honor. It's easy no, it's riding. Not, it's not you know? an honor, but it's a pleasure. It is an honor. With D. Gabe Ramirez, are you talking? I'm going to let you go. Multimedia? Catch him on the TV. Catch him on different radio stations. That's you, right? Catch me at Soldier Field with the Chicago Fire. Yeah, catch you on the field with your... Yo, what? Yeah. It's not an it's, honor. It's but not it's... an honor, but still, I'll let you go. No, no, just... It is what it is, bro. My, my brother works for cars.com. You know, the site you go to to find cars or whatever. So his job is, like, major accounts in Chicago. He goes around and gets, like, the big dealerships to, you know, do their thing or whatever. And he told me a couple of weeks ago, you know, because... Sport, you know, cars, they're all guys. You know, usually they're guys, guys. They like sports. They have all these chats. And then he mentions sometimes, you know, that I work in the score and a little inside, you know, yeah, a little, little points, plug, points you know. The guys. Yeah. If you know Brandon Vieira and you're listening to uh, to the radio right now and you own one of these dealerships, just let him in. Be nice to him, right? Um, but he told me, he goes, he was talking to somebody and they were like, that's your brother, Gabe Ramirez? Blood, blood. I'm like, yeah, that's my blood, brother. What are you talking about? Exactly. They go, oh, that's your brother. Like, so why are you trying to play me when hold I. On, hold on, hold on. And then they go, they go, they go. We were talking about him the other day. This is a couple weeks ago. He's like, we were talking about him the other day. He makes, he got all these jobs. He makes what? Like, mil, two million. <laughs> I can't even laugh because it's just sad. And it's sad like, that, that, that people just don't know. They don't know. The thing is, like, you know, because, like, down the hall at, like, at, at B96, there were guys down there, Eddie and Jobo, that were making, you know, million and a half a year. I was their intern. 
why aren't you making what they were making? Because that's not what they're doing. That's not what we do anymore. <laughs> but could you imagine me as an intern working with them, knowing they were making you know over a million a year? Yeah. Eddie's my mentor, right? So like making over a million, I'm seeing his paychecks. I'm an intern working for free, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh just just you wait. It's about to go down. And then when I start doing the morning show over at that, the station, only thing that went down was salaries, literally. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only thing that went down was my confidence. <laughs> I was like, and so when like people say it now, you're just like, I mean, listen, man, I got a good life. It's great. But, you know. No, I, I, I know. Like bring, oh, yeah, I know. I, what do you mean, you know? Yeah. I'm Marshall Harris, CBS 2 Sports Director. <laughs> I got you. Bro. It ain't what it was. Not like that anymore. Uh, but it has been fun. It has been a good one, man. Um, this has been a, a nice one, and, and it's going to get better on the score. Uh, because... First of all, we're going to do transition in a bit with Bernstein and Rahimi. Um, but then at 3 o'clock today, Bills versus Steelers, the AFC wildcard game. Uh, you can hear that right here on 670, the score. And then after the game, uh, we will join the Bulls-Cavs in progress. But if you want to catch the beginning of the Bulls game, pregame begins at 545. Um, you can catch that on the Odyssey app. Make sure you download that. You can get... All the podcast versions of our shows. You got Mark Grody's daily updates. Sometimes we go live there. Um, it's just so many things to pick up on the Odyssey app. Also, Cavs, well-rested. They played one game last week. They were in Paris. Oh, is that right? Yeah. No, Donovan okay. Mitchell dropped a season-high 45 in that game. And they've won four in a row. And there's talk that there could be trades. Donovan movement. Mitchell could be moved. When Donovan Mitchell got there, I just was scared for the Bulls for the next decade. It was like Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs with all those weapons. But that just goes to show you, man, sometimes, you know, you really do have to construct a roster. A second ago, when we were talking to Will Perdue, and I went to go look up his 1991 stats, and I was looking at the depth chart of the Bulls, and you were seeing, like, it was, it was Craig Hodges as a two behind Mike. It was BJ behind John Pax. It was, and you're looking at the – but you're like, this to me is what I thought a team looked like, right, where they had their strengths in every area as opposed to put a bunch of good guys Superstars. together and make it work. Yeah, so yeah. – I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the what the Cavs do, but Bulls have a good opportunity to continue to build on what they have on the momentum that they have in, in the present, and really set the tone and, and beat it, beat a team like Cleveland and prove to themselves that that they can be better than they uh, than they are in the present. Again, a Bulls pregame five forty five. You can catch that on the Odyssey app, and then three p.m. Bills, uh, Steelers, Steelers. What do you think the What do you think is going to happen now? It's going to be really cold. That's what I think. Uh, I think the Bills are favored by 10 at my last check, and that's a lot. Is it? <laughs> 10 points in is a lot. Playoffs, in the playoffs? In, no, in, yes, yes. Listen, listen, listen. With those two teams playing in that type of weather, that they're both nat- it's native to them, Yeah, I, I'm scared. 10 points is a lot. Uh, well, again, you can listen to that here on 670 The Score beginning at 3 p.m. Make sure you guys uh, do that. All right, on the other side, we get to add two more people to the room. Bernstein and Rahimi, no Lawrence Holmes today. Transition begins after that. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris, right here on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.